Jesus said, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works, and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Every good endeavor is a gift from God. Here on Faith Marketplace Radio, you'll be inspired, equipped, and encouraged in your work as you hear business leaders share how their faith impacts their work. Joining us every Saturday at noon on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. For Faith Marketplace Radio, here are your hosts, Bob Lambert and Jennifer Villarreal. Hey, we're back here from the center of the universe, Chicago, Illinois, beaming out all over the world. If you do not have the download of the app for this station, you need to go out and get it because no matter where you're at on Saturday noon and 1 o'clock, you can listen to us as long as you have an internet connection. I don't know too many people today that don't. So whether you be on the soccer field, you're driving someplace, you can tune us in out there, okay? Uh, my wonderful co-host, Jennifer Villarreal, is with me in studio today. And thank you, Jennifer, for taking and riding the, the, you know, the bucket seat here, the hot seat, as you called it, last week while I was gone. Yeah, definitely. We really appreciate that. And uh, we got some fabulous guests in studio today. Uh, we have a tremendous heart for both these uh, folks that are here with us today. And uh, fasten your seatbelt. We've got some stories coming your way that will blow you away. So what i like to do is, um, Jennifer, we're going to introduce our first guest right away. And mm-hmm. you were, had the privilege of also doing a little bit of him, but I had two hours with this guy. Okay, mm-hmm. So I want to introduce you to Louis Dooley. His ministry is Set Free Ministries. And uh, I'm going to let Louis tell his story because this is, uh, like I said, Fashion Seatbelts is an incredible story, and we're going to introduce you to his newest book, too, by the way. Louis, welcome. Thank you very much, Bob. It's um <laughs> Pleasure to be here, and thanks to you also, Jennifer. Yeah, Hey, uh, just as an intro and letting people a little, kind of little set the tone here, why don't you give them a brief look at what your background was? <laughs> All right. Uh, when I was 19 years old, I was convicted of attempted murder and first-degree armed robbery and sentenced to life and 100 years in prison. And later that same day, after being convicted, a guy in jail gave me a gift, and I thought he was trying to make a move on me, so I decided I had to take his life. So later that night, when I rushed into his cell, uh, I stumbled upon him and two other guys having a Bible study. Um, that kind of stopped me in my tracks, and he gave me a Bible track. I went back to my bunk, sat down, contemplated suicide, and then I thought, man, I need something to change in my life. So I started reading this Bible track about Jesus and salvation, forgiveness, second chances, and decided to uh, put my faith and trust in Christ. Yeah, and we're going to finish. There's a lot more to your story, but we're going to we're going to get back to that in a minute because uh, I have the privilege and the honor, as you know, as one of our sponsors here, I have a Bean Coffee, which was Lewis's first job when he got out, and a miraculous thing that happened with that. And we're going to be talking a little bit more about that, but. Uh, Anyway, uh, Jennifer, I know that you have uh, have talked to Lewis, so you've got yeah. a couple of things you'd like to ask him. Yeah, I, I mean, I was just really impressed, Lewis, also with your website. And mm. do you want to just say wh- what that website is again? Yeah, it's just simply my name, LewisDooley.com. Yeah, and that's L-O-U-I-S, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Dooley, D-O-O-L-E-Y.com. Yep. And so I got to the privilege of hearing more of your story in there. And I know we only have, you know, yep. so long of a show, but I would encourage everybody to go out to that website. But can you just share with us why? you're passionate for who you serve. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm a product of the ministry that I now work for, which is Set Free Ministries. And I realized that prison being a dark and desolate place, that it needs the light of Christ there. And it was there where I met Christ. And it just makes sense that since I have that experience of being in prison, I'm one of those guys that needed the light. Um, God just, you know, saw fit to use me to now bring the light back into institutions. And so it really was a, a passion, desire that was uh, from God that he placed in me. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. What, uh, let's let the folks know a little bit about Emmaus and how that works, because it's not somebody that came in and actually... Uh, or were, were you in a group, Emmaus group, in, when you were in prison? Well, I ended up in a group um, right. shortly after getting to prison. So Emmaus um, is in Dubuque, Iowa, and they publish Bible courses. Their mm-hmm. whole goal is to disciple men and women all over the world and set free ministries, partners with them, and we get mm-hmm. their Bible courses and we give them away free to people who are incarcerated. So we use them for jail and prison ministry, but the courses can be used any and everywhere. So yeah. what exactly do you do with set free? Man, that's a good question. Um, there's a used to be a whole lot, and I've just learned in life to start pulling back and being more narrow, focused on the things that God has for me instead of mm-hmm. me being all over the place. So two primary things I do. One is uh, getting volunteers engaged with helping us grade and comment on the Bible courses, as well as getting volunteers to go into the jail. And so I go into Cook County Jail three days a week. I just had recently... 18 new volunteers trained Mm. up in the last two months. They've been going in diligently um, with that. And then the other thing the Lord has blessed me with is just getting a chance to go speak at different churches, uh, public high schools to share the gospel in, um, organizations, just all kind of different things. So my life has kind of taken uh, a two-lane road, if you will, Mm. one, to be doing stuff in institutions to help people um, find and follow Christ and learn his word, but also to kind of stir up the body of Christ to say, hey, Mm. People in jail and prison, they need Christ just like anyone. Wouldn't there be anyone here at this church that wants to get involved? And by God's grace, we've been having people respond. That's wonderful. (laughs) It is wonderful. Well, it goes without saying, Lewis, that you have had a lot of challenge in your life. So why don't you share a little bit of that with our audience as to what some of those challenges have been? Well, uh, you mean like right now, current challenges? Yeah, current and past, yeah. whatever you want to talk yeah, about. Yeah, well, one of my challenges now is because of my background of being in prison, um, a lot of prisons aren't so welcoming with a guy like me mm. coming in because they see me as a security risk, like I'll sneak stuff in or sneak stuff out or maybe right. help a yeah. person sneak out. Sure. Right. So they're not too apt to let me in. But it's really just the state where I live that's like that. I just came off a trip from Florida. I was down there in a number of prisons, and that was amazing. But it's difficult to get my foot in the door because of my background and then because I'm not like a known person. I'm just Mm -hmm. like a I'm a regular guy that you see walking down the street or pumping gas. And so Mm -hmm. it's a challenge for that. And then to um, to try to get people involved, you know, people are afraid. When you say mm-hmm. prison, you say jail, you think of guns, drugs, and mm-hmm. violence, and a lot of people are fearful. And I try to say, do I, you know, I ask them, do I look like a guy that's in prison? And most of the time they say, no, you look like a pretty regular guy. And I'm like, that's who the people are. So it's mm-hmm. difficult trying to get people's mindset to change and see people in prison and jail as regular people and not monsters. Mm-hmm. So yeah. those are just a few of the challenges. So but let's go back a little bit, you know, in your history, because, you, you know, you, you, you've really been faced with some challenges. So just briefly, can you share a couple of those challenges that you had as a kid growing up? Yeah, well, as a kid growing up, um, I'm, I'm biracial. My mother is uh, Sicilian and my mm-hmm. father's African-American, and I grew up in East St. Louis, Illinois, mm-hmm. in an all-black area. So I got picked on a lot because my skin was so light and my hair was so straight. So that was a challenge outside the home, and in the home was an even bigger challenge because my father was a very mean person. He used drugs, sold drugs. He was violent physically with my mother and with myself. So as a young child, I was kind of at a crossroads. It's like... I want to get away from this mean man, but when I got out of the house, I had to face these mean and evil little, you know, kids around the neighborhood. <laughs> so it was it was difficult. 
Yeah. So it's kind of like survival mode you're in most of the time as a kid growing up, right? Yeah, for the better part of my um, adolescence. And by the time I got to around middle school, like maybe seventh, eighth grade, things kind of started changing where I was around a different class of people at that time because I had moved to a different school district. And I was around mostly all white kids and they still didn't like me, but they didn't try to beat me up. (laughs) So I didn't have the challenge of defending myself physically, but I had to learn how to penetrate those type of people and make friends and, and you know that's kind of a difficult age anyway when you change schools and whatnot. So yeah, yeah. and just being younger as it is is oh, really yeah. really difficult just going through that yeah so how did you feel about you know your father God when you were younger how did you feel about the Lord man I ain't know nothing about the Lord I mean mm-hmm. the only I tell people you know You've heard of Jesus before, right? And everybody's like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the Mormons. <laughs> like the commercial on TV. That's literally the only time I heard Jesus unless somebody used it in a curse word. Wow. I knew nothing about God. I literally never went to a church service until I was in a maximum security prison for the first time in my life. I had been to funerals and a few weddings, but not a church service but like a worship service. Nobody was trying to pour into you or you just didn't want to hear it? No, nobody was trying to. My mother was raised Roman Catholic. She never talked to me about God or anything like that. Wow. Mm-hmm. Nobody did. I knew people that went to church, mm-hmm. but nobody ever tried to talk to me about God. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that was a big revelation when this thing happened to you the first time you were in prison, right? Yeah, I mean, hearing about, I mean, first of all, my heart was ready because I was in prison with hundred <laughs> life in 100 years. And so I was like, I don't like my life now. I wanted to be different. And reading about Jesus and how he came to seek and save those who were lost and give people a second chance and forgive them, that really meant a lot to me in that moment because I wanted to be forgiven. And who doesn't want a second chance when you're sitting in jail in prison? But you were a pretty hard guy when you got there because of that whole emotional thing that was going on when this guy gave you a gift and you thought that it was meaning a whole lot different than that. Yeah, I mean, where I was from, it was kind of almost like kill or be killed in mm. a sense. You know, mm-hmm. you put yourself in, you know, dealing cocaine and crack and whatnot. It puts you around a lot of scary, mean people. And if you don't wear that persona, you can be taken advantage of very easily. So I had to build myself up a certain type of way to be able to run in those circles. And so uh, that kind of made me hardened to a certain mm-hmm. extent. And I had to carry that into jail with me because the situation would be the same, if not worse. Yeah. Lewis, what, what was at the root of that? Where where did all this anger, frustration, you know, and leading into crime come from? Just briefly. And that's a good question. So my father was murdered when I was 15 and a drug deal gone wrong. And I just felt like I never knew the man. We never did anything together. And that really hurt me. And that hurt turned to anger and rage. And I felt like if I became like him, it would make me close to him. Mm. So I started doing the things he did, smoking marijuana, selling drugs, you know, carrying guns. So when you start doing those type of things, that just puts you in a a level with people who are just mean and vindictive and just plain evil. Sure. Sure. Wow. Well, Lewis, there's so much more that we want to get to here about your story, um, just about the impact that you're making out there within the prison and, and outside of, like you said, the body of Christ. And I really encourage everybody to go to your website. Do you want to share what that website is again? Yes, yeah, com. L-O-U-I-S-D-O-O-L-E-Y.com. All right. So we're going to be back in just a moment with that. But first, I just want to ask our listeners, hey, if you've been blessed by this show, we have previous shows on faithmarketplace.com as well. 
well, but we're here every Saturday from noon to one. Uh, But would you kindly consider going to our website, faithmarketplace.com, and provide a donation? This helps us keep the show going. We're here to inspire, equip, and encourage you, and we greatly appreciate you doing the same for us through your generous donation. We want to talk to many sponsors and many contributors over the the six years we've been on the show, and and, uh, it's been fabulous. And I can't tell you how excited I am about my new co-host, because she's bringing it, folks. So just fashion your seatbelts. You've got some great stuff going on. We'll be right back. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here again with our special guest, Louis Dooley. And uh, I have to tell you, if you had, if you missed the first segment on this thing, you got to go back and listen to this thing because uh, Louis is quite a story and quite an inspiration for a lot of the folks that are out there hopefully listening to this. And like we said, we have a heart for it because one of our sponsors, I have a being, 80% of the employees are post-prison, and Louis is a product of being able to come out and get a job. Uh, coming out of, out of jail or prison uh, with the kind of background and all the stuff that you said is stopping you from getting into most jails and uh, is huge. But um, one of the things I want to know is, you know, because of your testimony and the, your childhood and so on and so forth and what you've come through, what kind of advice would you have for a younger self? Yeah, that's a really good question, Bob. You know, for me personally, one of the things that I would tell my younger self, if I could go back, was the continue education. Mm. You know, that age when you're in school, you know, middle school, high school, adolescence, you're trying to be cool, you're trying to have friendships, you like the opposite sex, and you can get um, deterred from school and what you're really there for. And that's what happened to me. So I would tell my younger self, stay focused. Mm. Don't be so concerned with these other things like dating and having nice things like that'll come in time, but let your focus be for your future, but your future starts now. That's one thing I would tell myself. And the second thing is don't sell yourself short. Mm. You know, don't always settle for just what you can get. Have a vision to have goals that are that are astronomical, that are almost unattainable. But there's a saying that kind of says if you don't shoot for the stars, like you can never get one. Right. So I would tell myself, don't sell yourself short, because that's exactly what I was doing. Yeah. And just real quickly, what your younger self, when you saw uh, other behaviors that were mimicking what you were having to go through, what would you do about that? What would you encourage young people to do or people out there to do about when they see some of these behaviors? Yeah. um, You know, so for me, I'm seeing guys in the street. Street guys with big cars, mm-hmm. money, flashy clothes, and jewelry. I would paint a picture of what does that guy's life look like a year from now, two mm-hmm. years from now, five years from now. And then we would take a visit. We would go visit the jail mm-hmm. and prison, and we'd go visit the cemetery. Mm-hmm. Because these are the two destinations for people that have all this fast, quick cash and all the things. And so that's what I would want to do is to show them that there's no future. Mm-hmm. It looks good now in the moment, but it only lasts a short period of time. I love that. Are, are, is this the message that you try to drill home when you go to speak at schools and with the youth? Or how do you position that for them? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question, Jennifer. Uh, yeah, I tell them things like that. Um, I kind of stress to them the importance of Christ. I mean, I'm in a public school, mm-hmm. which is amazing. I can go share the gospel in that school. And so I try to stay gospel focused because that's the key to anything in life. Yes. If they can understand who Christ is and what he did for them and how he has salvation for their soul, like all the other stuff will kind of take care of itself. So my main focus in schools is Christ and Christ crucified. But then I'll share personal little um, tidbits of my story. And then that's one of the things I'll share is I had this fast 
quick cash, but it'd be gone in an instant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. I love how you, you're you bold to speak that in a public school. So um, what is your life verse? What's your favorite Bible verse? Man, there's a lot of verses I like, but my favorite one is Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, which says, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet. Nevertheless, I live. Oh, not all of a sudden, I'm tongue twisted. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but not I, but it's Christ who lives in me. Mm-hmm. And the life I now live, I live by faith in Christ who loved me and gave himself for me. So for me, what that means is this life I'm living is not my own. Mm-hmm. When Christ was crucified, when I put my faith and trust in him, I was crucified with him. And now I'm a new man in Christ Jesus. And the life that I'm now living, I'm living by faith in the one who loved me and gave himself for me. And that means yeah. something. A man died mm-hmm. for yep. my sins. Mm-hmm. So that means something to me. That's, That's powerful. Awesome. That is really powerful. Okay, we know Christ is at the center of your life, and that obviously is somebody. Who else has inspired you through all this, these trials and tribulations? Wow, man, that's a great question. So um, one person in particular who is my mentor um, slash like a father figure slash I call him my boss in ministry, but he's not really my boss. His name is Randy Gruber. He's the director of our ministry in the headquarters in St. Louis, Missouri. And uh, he's a very unassuming man, a very humble man. A man that God has just done amazing things through, and he's a, he's one of those people that you'll never know about, but the impact that God has made through his life and his dedication is is gigantic. And so that really has, has painted a picture for me on what it looks like to live a life consecrated unto God because he's not caught up on the things of this world. Um, he doesn't have cable television. He doesn't have any of those luxuries. Mm-hmm. And it's not because it's really a sacrifice. He really sees the big picture and what life is about. Mm-hmm. And it's about lost souls who are going to hell when they die every day. Wow. <laughs> you bring it, brother. The other thing, don't you find it a bit ironic that you're working for a company in Missouri and where you actually, you know, was pretty interesting for you and in, in, in the center of your life, East St. Louis and, and also St. Louis, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, so I'm from Illinois, East St. Louis, and uh, I was incarcerated yeah. in Missouri. And, right. you know, the worst thing that ever happened to me in life, for the most part, happened in Missouri, <laughs> and that's the headquarters of the ministry. I, <laughs> I love it. For. That's so, great. So God's got a yeah. sense of humor. Exactly, yeah. right? Anyway. It certainly does. Exactly. Anyway. Even with your first job, right? You were working where? A coffee company, and I don't like the smell or taste of coffee. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> and that was his first job yeah. out, right? Well, Lewis, you um, are just uh, so wise here, and I uh, want to share with our listeners that you were able to capture your testimony, your story, um, the wisdom for all of us to to read. What's the name of your book? Well, the name of my book is Prison Saved My Life. I recommend it for everyone. <laughs> and that's part it. of the title, folks. I, at <laughs> yeah. first, I thought he was just saying, I recommend it for everyone. But that's, that's seriously, it's on yeah. the title here, Prison Saved My Life. I recommend it for everyone yeah. by Lewis Dooley. Yeah. And tell them the connotation of prison, because it's not just what people think it is, right? We all have these prisons you Yeah. About. So for me, I had to go to a physical prison to deal with the sin in my life. And then through Christ, I was delivered. But I was still in prison. But people can be in prison outside the walls and fences of an actual prison, which means everybody has some sin they're wrestling with or maybe trapped in. And the only way you're going to get out is if you go to that prison, go to that sin and deal with it through the lens of Jesus Christ. And if that means getting an accountability partner, if that means getting on a prayer line or prayer circle, I mean, going to counseling, whatever it takes. There's a quote by an old Puritan guy, and I can't remember his name, but the title of the book, I believe, was The Mortification of Sin. And the quote goes like this. Always be killing sin, 
lest sin be killing you. Mm. <laughs> and I've never forgot that. And I never will because it's true. If we're not fighting against the prison of sin in our lives, mm-hmm. then it's overtaking us. Sure. And it's capturing a part of us where Christ wants to hold of us. So is that what prompted you to, to put this down in writing and, and write this book because you had a passion to get that word out or what really what really inspired this? No, nah, so I would have the opportunity by God's grace to speak at churches and men's groups and what have you and people would always say afterwards, oh, you ought to write a book, you ought to write a book and I'd kind of smile and say, yeah, but I'm not a writer and finally I was like, you know what, maybe God is telling me this and he's using people and so I sat down for about five years hunting and pecking on my laptop and I always started with my name, where I'm from. And then I'd stop after a couple of hours and I'd start back up again and I would find details I left out in the part that I started with already. So I couldn't get past like age three. <laughs> and so finally, my wife said, you ought to write the stories down that you tell me about stuff that happened in prison. They're pretty amazing. So I said, OK, I can do that. So for about six months, every week on a Tuesday, I'd sit down for a few hours, type these stories out. And then I was like, I'm done. What do I do with this? And then I remembered my mentor, his daughter used to come in prison where I was and teach a creative writing class. Uh-huh. And I asked her, would you be interested in helping me with this? So she prayed. Um, she said yes. And so about a year and a half for her, she and I both um, worked together, which primarily the finished product is probably 80 percent her. <laughs> and uh, so we decided to write the book for two reasons. One, that the Christian could be encouraged by seeing the power of God in one man's life. And two, that the person that doesn't know Christ, they may say, wow, if this is true. Maybe there is a God. Maybe mm-hmm. there's something to this Jesus guy. And maybe I ought to give my life to him. So like an evangelistic tool. So that's the reason why the wow. book was written. That's amazing. And I want to encourage our listeners to really uh, be inspired by that and even go to our website again to listen to this, this entire <laughs> segment and this entire oh, show. Yeah. Go to Faith yeah. Market place.com because right there you said that you know this has kind of been planted on your heart for several years but you were just kind of pecking at it and then the Lord was prompting other people to get to to tell you right like Mm -hmm. hey you can do this and you just need to seek some help around this and once you did that boom you knock this out in six months well no about a year and a half of myself and the co-author Heidi working on the project together. But that's still much shorter than you know just doing this on your own it might have been another five years or so, right? <laughs> yeah. So I really want to encourage our listeners, if, you, if you've been kind of sitting on something, you know, ask for some help. Yeah. Hey, listen, Lewis, uh, as uh, we always have to like explore certain kind of things and have fun with it, you know, and everybody's got something in their life. So if we used to talk about and ask you, uh, what would somebody think was pretty cool about you? What would they say? What would you say? Or interesting <laughs> or, or interesting funny or, funny. or yeah, I would say I'm scared to death of heights. Uh Really? You know, so don't invite me zip line. <laughs> I don't want to go on the top of buildings anywhere in Chicago because it's windy in Chicago. Yeah. And I'm not getting anywhere near the lake. Or so I don't like if any of our lis- listeners are an expert in getting over phobias. Yeah. Hey. I guess. I mean, I'm not even interested in doing anything with heights. So I would say we can just save each other's time. Like, I'm, I'm cool being afraid of heights. That's not a big thing in my life. So. But zip lining sounds pretty cool, doesn't it? I'm afraid of heights, too. But yeah. zip lining sounds pretty cool. It's cool, but I can think of a thousand other things I'd like to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lewis, what's the best way for people to find out more about your book, find out more about the speaking engagements, or possibly to book you? All this good stuff. Where can they find out more? Yeah, so they can go to my webpage at lewisdooley.com, L-O-U-I-S-D-O-O-L-E-Y.com. And there's a place you can contact me via email. There's a schedule on there where you can see days I go into Cook County, different prison trips. Mm. All my, my ministry calendar is on there, so people 
people can see. Yeah, definitely. And check out some of those videos that are on there. Just amazing. There's a, a video, an interview that was about an hour long, and it, it was just, yeah, captivating. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, we're, uh, I can't believe this portion, but we could talk for another hour with Lewis. But we've got another guest in studio that we're going to be bringing on here. And uh, he, too, has a very compelling story and some really interesting things out there in the marketplace are going on. Uh, but, Jennifer, you know, um, I think it's really one of the things that you're doing, you're encouraging people to plug into some of our shows. Why don't you tell them real quick? Yeah, make sure we want to hear from you. Give us a, a text or a call at 224-404-1988. And we'll be right back. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. We're back here again with uh, our next guest. And uh, Jennifer had the opportunity also to do a little bit of an interview with uh, John. It's my first time meeting John. But I'd like to introduce you to John Tuck, Community Engagement Leader uh, for the Ministry of Thrivent Financial, which we're familiar with. We've had several guests here with Thrivent. And John's here to enlighten you a little bit more as to what that's all about. So why don't you give us a little backstory, John? Yeah, so I've been with uh, I've been with Thrivent for a little over four years as a community engagement leader. Community engagement leader is uh, somebody who gets to go out and engage the community. Imagine that, right, <laughs> in the title. But no, I, I get the, just the wonderful privilege of working for an organization uh, a membership organization of Christians and helps uh, take people along a wise with money journey. Mm. And in my role, I get to work with churches, nonprofits, and our members uh, to really just help them with uh, just sound biblical wisdom when it comes to money and finance. Okay. So, John, why then are you so passionate about this type of work? I mean, when I first connected with you on LinkedIn, I think it was, I don't know, maybe a couple of years ago yeah. or so. And then we ended up chatting on the phone, and I can just hear that passion. I mean, seriously, for me to remember a conversation from two years ago, that really stuck with me. <laughs> yeah. So, and you know, that doesn't always happen when you connect with people on LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> they usually just want something, mm-hmm. right? But I remember you being a connector and you really just being passionate about this. So tell me where that comes from. Yeah, it, you know, money and finance uh, wasn't something that just stood out to me as something, oh, I have to do this. But connecting with people and helping them with something that is uh, just such an important topic uh, especially churches and, and healthy churches to, to work through this, and then nonprofits and members like this. That's where the passion comes from. Like, I get to wake up every single day and help churches and nonprofits do do this work. And, and through free education, um, financial planning, plugging them in with a, a trusted advisor, somebody who can really help them. Uh, and that's the key word really help them mm-hmm. is uh, something I care about. And that's why I'm, that's why I do what I do. That's great. So do you find that they're pretty receptive and open or is this is there this thing like, no, I don't want to deal with this right now and keep pushing it to the the back burner? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's twofold. I think I find in some spaces, some people get really excited about it because they know that they need help and that they uh, need certain products to plug into to help move things from A to B. And then there's some some folks who maybe... You know, they, they want to put it off a little bit because it's scary. Yeah. It's the unknown. It's I haven't, you know, I haven't been planning as well as I should have or I, you know, I do make those extra, you know, trips to the coffee shop. and So some guilt maybe yeah. sets in or embarrassment. Right. And how and do you help them work different. through that? Yeah. I, you know, sharing, sharing stories, but also letting them know, like, you have to start somewhere. Your journey, your financial journey starts somewhere. And that's why we okay. say at Thrivent, this is a wise with money journey. 
Right. This isn't something you just all of a sudden have uh, right away in some cases. Some cases that does happen, but in some, it doesn't. You have to build and you have to get to that place. And, and it's just been great being able to do that. So uh, one of the things, too, I, I want to bring out a little bit is to some things that Fribrant done that's very distinct from other types of organizations. Can you kind of illuminate on that a little bit? Yeah, I think what, what makes Thrivent very different, because um, there's financial you know, you know, resources all over the place, and you right. see them all over. Um, but what, Thri- what makes Thrivent different is its fraternal status and being uh, a membership organization of Christians. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a common bond of ours that we are so proud of, and to be able to help Christians and other Christian churches be wise with money, um, that is that is just something that is just exciting for us to do every single day. Yeah, and you guys have merged in with Ron Blue organization too, right? Yeah, we recently uh, did purchase Ron Blue Holdings mm-hmm. and uh, have been able just to add that just wonderful uh, company to our uh, to our portfolio, and, and we're just so so proud of that, and, and just so excited for. Uh, for that company moving forward. And is there something that you guys do special with funds that are brought in or profits that you guys uh, earn? Yeah, so because we're structured as a 501c8, mm-hmm. um, we are tax exempt. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we what we do is we uh, make the decision to allocate uh, what our federal tax burden would be, mm-hmm. and we give that back to the community. And That's fabulous. Last year when we calculated that, that was about 300 some million dollars. Wow. And we were able to just empower our members uh, to pour that money back into the community through um, just social causes, th- fundraising, education, things that they care about and that they tell us they care about through uh, so many different resources that they have access to when they become members of ours. That's great. Well, John, let's rewind a little bit and let's go back to um, when you were growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, how did you feel about the Lord or, you know, was there a specific moment when you accepted the Lord into your life? What, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So, um, you know, my my journey to Thrivent um, it was just very interesting. So when I was younger, I was born and raised a Jehovah's Witness. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't really know the Lord. I thought I did. I was told mm-hmm. I did, but I didn't, uh, knowing that now. So I, I left that organization when I was 25, just very discontent, um, very turned off by just the, the very legalistic way and, and oppressive way that I was uh, you know, being dealt with. Um, once I left, that was essentially like social suicide. I lost my family. I lost my friends. I lost everything that I had known, but I knew mm-hmm. that there was just something, something just wasn't right. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, um, and and one thing I share with people is you know that I began to hate the legalism of it, mm. and the legalism was directly tied to God, mm. and it was really God that I began to hate. Oh wow! And for me, that was that was easy to do at that time, mm-hmm. but I knew that there was just a pull in me. Um, for something else. I just didn't know what it was. So, you know, from this journey from 25 to 29, I got in contact. It's just so funny the way the Lord just works. You know, mm-hmm. he just, he when he pursues you, mm-hmm. he's pursuing you. Especially and, when we go back and we look and we see, wow, he was there all oh along. Yeah. You know, just, I started working uh, for Starbucks as a general manager at 29. Uh, Friend of my, a guy that's a friend of mine now was my boss. He left three months after I started. There was really no reason for us to ever stay in contact, but we did. We connected through Facebook. We used to meet for lunch regularly. He invited. He became the executive pastor of a church here in Mount Prospect. Wow! And then invited me to church. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm, I'm still a little scared. Still a little cautious. Still a little guilty. Mm-hmm. Uh, feeling guilty. And so, but I went, and I was like, okay, this is okay. And so, um, we went. I went back. And then I started attending um, church uh, at Harvest in Rolling Meadows. And the first service that I went to was Easter. 
Mm. And I remember uh, James McDonald talking about false prophets. And the first one that he talked about was Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh, wow. And I said, okay, you have my attention. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, ever, and since then, um, for a year straight, I didn't miss a Sunday. And I was wow. hooked. And I was listening and listening. And, so, and, and then, uh, you know, we, we went to another church in Bartlettville, Church of Bartlett, uh, closer to our house, uh, my wife and I's house, and, and really uh, started meeting regularly with the pastor. Uh, and being able to do that, I was able to kind of undo a lot of the hardwiring that had been done um, through that uh, that organization and um, really just grew to accept Christ. And then in February of 2013, I accepted Christ uh, while I was driving. I was like, that's it. Lord, I'm giving it all to you. I put my faith and trust in you, said the believer's prayer. And then that Easter was baptized. And uh, it's just been so fantastic ever since. That is awesome. So out of that experience, and do you have a favorite Bible verse that, that kind of resonates with you? You know, there, there's so many, and I, and I wanted to make sure that I, I wrote this down because, you know, th- there's so many things that I can uh, point to coming out of that organization. Um, but Galatians 6.14 stands out to me. It says, But far be it for me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Yeah. And I think about that one a lot because I am the only Christian in my family, uh, immediate family, aside from my wife. Um, and it'd be easy for me to say, well, I'm the Christian. Mm-hmm. I know more than you. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to boast in that. Right. You know, far be it for me to boast but in the Lord Jesus right. Christ who, who died on the cross for my sins. And, um, you know, knowing and being humbled that of everyone in my family I was chosen. Yeah. And... I have work to do yeah. and I have to, you know, really minister to them, be a good example for them um, and love them despite them, you know, essentially cutting me off. Amen yeah. to that. So. Amen. Amen to that. Right. And we, we talk about that a lot about just showing up and being that light. And it's not necessarily through just our words, but our walk. Yeah. The walk. And, mm-hmm. yeah yep. Just definitely commend you for for doing that. So, um, you know, is there a person in, in the area that inspires you in Chicago or outside of Chicago? Yeah, there's a, I have a couple people that just really, um, really inspire me. I have a, 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 my pastor, Michael Fueling right now is somebody who uh, is just fantastic and somebody I can go to um, for leadership questions, theological questions, personal questions. Like he's just, he's my person. Does yep. that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I have a mentor, uh, a guy that I turn to, uh, Mike Boyle who is a, a retired um, professor from Moody Theological Seminary, um, you know, pastor, friend, teacher, um, somebody who just really pours into people um, and is just a, a wise voice in almost every topic I can think of, and, and those two people specifically. Yeah, I think that's a good point, is we want to encourage our listeners to go out there and seek somebody that can mm-hmm. pour into them. You know, uh, there's people out there and you can always reach us here if you need to get connected and you don't know who you should connect with. We, we like to be those kingdom yeah, connectors. Absolutely. Here. And I think that also both of you, I know now that married up. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So uh, I know that I did. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that uh, most of the gentlemen sitting here will openly admit that they're vulnerable enough to admit that. But we got to give uh, kudos to the wives and the people that are behind us and yes. actually leading us. You know, as my wife would say, she walks mm-hmm. not only alongside of me, she'll lead me sometimes. So anyway, I can't believe that we're coming up on the last bit of this. We're going to mm-hmm. continue this on in the next segment, too. But, you know, uh, um, we talked a little bit in the green room, uh, Jan, about um, 
Something to make you way cool, people, or something people wouldn't know about you real oh. quickly? I mean, just a few seconds here? I, I have a strange obsession with vacuuming. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah. I have brand loyalties, and right now it's you know a certain brand that I'm loyal to, and I have multiple vacuums, and I always have to make the lines perfect. And, I love yes, it. I love it, it. Just vacuuming every now and then? or Oh, no, this is daily. Sometimes <laughs> twice a day. But no, this is it's a very therapeutic process for me. That's what we're getting to. It's therapeutic. Jennifer's got some therapy things that she does. Too, yeah, I like to uh, pull weeds, you she know. She likes to pull weeds, you know, <laughs> as she's walking with her dogs and sees weeds, and she wants to pull those up and, and all that good stuff. So. so, Jonathan, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Yeah, if uh, if anybody wants to get in touch with Thrivent, it's uh, www.thrivent.com, T-H-R-I-V-E-N-T. If uh, they want to reach out to me personally, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Twitter, or... LinkedIn? Yeah, LinkedIn. All, all right. right. Awesome. We'll be right back. <laughs> This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Welcome back. It's Jennifer Villarreal with my fabulous co-host, Bob <laughs> Lambert. And then we also have two wonderful guests in the studio. Uh, we have John Tuck and Louis Dooley. And we are going to just roundtable this. And the question today comes from Proverbs for Business. And it says, do you keep a steady course at work? So, Lewis, what does this mean to you? Man, when I think about this question, it makes me think about my life about three or four years ago where I was scattered so many different areas, and I was too thin, and I didn't feel like I was making an impact in any one thing, and I was weary, I was weak, and I was ready to tap out. And I remember a brother telling me, just be faithful to what the Lord has put in front of you right now. Because I have a lot of things I'm interested in, a lot of different types of ministry, because I'm an evangelist at heart. So any opportunity I have to go share the gospel, I'm all for it, which would take away from family, personal time, and all of that. And so it makes me think back to Luke chapter 19 when Jesus was telling this parable of this nobleman who had called these guys and he gave them some money and basically told them to work the money. Mm -hmm. And two of them did, one of them didn't, and it was out of the lack of obedience of the one that the nobleman was upset and so from just that parable is thinking about God has given us a work to do, a mm -hmm. specific work. And we should be focused on that specific work. And anything that can take us away from that, we need to just cut it off. You know, because there's mm -hmm. a lot of good things out there, but we only have so much time to make an impact on what God has put before us. So when I think about a steady course at work is being laser focused on exactly what I know the Lord has. And then in my little, you know, personal time and play time, I can have a few other interests, but <laughs> not let that affect the work the Lord has called me to do. Because yeah. I want to be a, a good, faithful servant, which the nobleman said in that parable. That's yeah. a really, really good point there. And these distractions can be good and sometimes even bad. John, what's your take on this? Do you keep a study course at work? Yeah, this is this one was challenging for me because I'm my personality type is is just like Lewis's. I want to jump into every single thing I can pour into. So if anybody that's familiar with the Enneagram, I'm a seven on the Enneagram. So I am all about doing every little thing possible, any ministry, work, whatever I can. But I know um, I, I was challenged by my mentor um, to take a step back. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you take a step back and you realign, you allow other people to flourish around you. Yep. Um, and, I, and I think about my wife, like you know, she's just such a great example of this. I thought like my, my busyness was taking away from her being able to ministry. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. uh, or to minister. And, and now she, you know, me being able to do that and recognize that um, has allowed her just to flourish. So it's just been um, fantastic. And, and I can I can just think of, you know, there'll be so many great things that I get to do for the church day in and day out. But I don't ever want to get to heaven. And the Lord says, you were just way too busy. Yeah. And you didn't do this right. You know, yeah. I want I want to get up there and it's well done. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Then boy, you and me both, brother. I want to see that. And then also maybe you might add on there, see what you brought me. Mm-hmm. You know, and that would even be bigger because it's not about, you know, me or any of this. It's also like our ministry, how we get out there. Hopefully we encourage and you know, equip and, and uh, encourage and inspire people to lead where they're at by their walk, not the talk. Mm-hmm. People are watching people today very closely. Mm-hmm. And as you said, Jennifer and I are kind of the same personality types, you guys. we got a lot of shiny eyes, a lot of things that call for our attention. Uh, Jennifer calls me in it several times because I can get very busy and, mm-hmm. and do a lot of different things. But the laser focus, I think, is so important. Once you start to do that, it's amazing what how that frees up time and the whole conversations you have. And I know you have had the, the, the yeah, same thing. Yeah, Bob. I think one of the reasons for me losing focus for a while when I had some of the health challenges mm-hmm. as well is prior to that, um, you know, I was just constantly wanting to pour into everyone. And what I realized is, hello, um, I'm not their savior. You know, there's only one. And I don't want to prevent people from leaning on the Lord. And so what was happening is as I was getting so fatigued, Mm -hmm. you know, I was carrying that burden. And that's just not my role. And, you know, I just need to point them to these resources, whether it's a church, a pastor, you know, something in scripture and and let that be. And so that was a learning process for me because I was still young. I was a baby Christian and I was all about evangelism, you know. You're on fire, man. You're out there going, doing it all. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think particularly, Jennifer, as we've had a little bit of a history, is God really put you in a place where you needed that rest. Mm-hmm. You had to draw back and you really had to kind of sit on yourself as he sit on you first mm-hmm. to say, you know, uh, that's all good and well and good. But, you know, let's let's knock you down here for a little and bit. And I think a part of that was me um, believing this lie that I had to make up for all oh, that yeah. time mm-hmm. that I was being so dysfunctional and being away from the Lord. And I was just on fire. And I'm like, I, but God, I just want to serve you. I want to work for you. And what I failed to realize is, yeah, you know, I work for him, but he also works through me right mm-hmm. and yep. and we work together on this and there's nothing that I need to prove here you know to him in that way right and yep. and so I just had to take a step back like you said and you know I heard the whispers I just wasn't listening <laughs> and I know that's part of your coaching too mm-hmm. with a lot of folks that you coach that you really help them to understand that to kind of reset things yeah and put those boundaries which you've been really good with me yeah. putting those boundaries up and have some fun too yeah, because exactly. I was all about you know just just so immersed in, into this but also there's family there's other people yeah. that maybe they don't want to go with me to church or go to this Christian event or that event so how can I meet them where they're at yeah. what's your take on this Lewis? Man I got a big problem with that and my wife would tell you like I'm always doing work mm-hmm. work 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 and you know, that's my comfort zone. Right. It's fun to us, right? Structure, we like it. We love it. It keeps me out of trouble. Mm-hmm. It's what I know best. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's very difficult for me. And then not to mention that me and my wife are so opposite that mm-hmm. what I like, she doesn't like mm-hmm. and vice versa. So for me, it's having to be creative. It's having to be able to stop. I just heard on the radio the other day, like if you have to put date night time or whatever it is you need to in your calendar, put it in there. 
Yeah. Because if you don't, it won't yeah. happen. That's mm-hmm. right. It won't. And that's my life right now. So I'm I'm preaching to myself again right now. So I need <laughs> to do that. And that doesn't mean that, that that takes away spontaneity either. Right. If you guys know what I'm talking about. Hint, yep. hint. Yep. You can still put that <laughs> if you're married. Hint, hint. You can still put that on your calendar, right? So I think that's important. Those date nights with spouses and even um, what about date nights with the Lord? You know, time alone with the Lord. Yeah. Mm. Yep. You know, what's your take, John? Yeah, I really like something you said, uh, boundaries. Mm. You know, you have to put boundaries in place. And, and one thing that I, I really like to do is, uh, you know, for, especially for my phones and devices, do not disturb at a certain time. Mm. And and that's hard. Mm-hmm. You know, that is so hard because, you you know, I'm always go, go, go as well. So putting those boundaries in place allows me to do that. I have to get better about putting them maybe in a different room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is, I'm ministering to myself too. Yeah, there you go. to do that. My wife would agree. Yep. Um, but yeah, you know, the the scheduling date nights, putting things in your calendar um, and being intentional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. You, know, you yeah. have to be intentional with that stuff, especially, you know, I've got, I've got two young kids and, mm. uh, you know, I want to make time for them. I don't want them to see dad just work, 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 work all the time. And, right. you know, look at all these great things I'm doing for the church and look at all these great things I'm doing for people in churches and nonprofit. Well, no, like the, these are the people that I need to be pouring into and discipling. Mm. Amen. Well, also it's your responsibility to get them yep. to heaven, you know, and how is that going to happen if you don't spend time? Yep. You know, as uh, Zig Ziglar once said, you know, how do you spell love? Hmm. T-I-M-E. Mm-hmm. Time. Yeah, like that's that. powerful. That's powerful. And as I've said before on the show, you know, we need to slow down sometimes to mm. speed up and just say no to certain things that come our way, right? And maybe refer them to other people to handle. And, um, you know, in Proverbs for Business here in this book, it says long-range goals are accomplished through short-term actions. I yeah. like that one, too. Mm. Yep. I think that's really powerful. Yeah, and I love the, the scripture verse, too, that he quotes in here. When you walk, your steps will not be impeded, and if you run... You will not stumble. Proverbs four twelve. So yeah, wow! I just can't believe the show has gone by so fast, Bob. <laughs> yeah. um, I definitely want to encourage our listeners to go out there, go on the website, and you guys, what's the website again, John? How can people find out and connect about you with you? So uh, www.thrivent.com uh, for more information there on a wise with money journey, or uh, personally, if they want to connect, Facebook, Twitter. LinkedIn, all LinkedIn, that good stuff. Yep. All right, and Lewis? Yeah, then go to my website, my personal website, lewisdooley.com, L-O-U-I-S-D-O-O-L-E-Y.com. Yeah, that's great. And uh, we would love to hear more from you, too. Send us a text. Give us a call. We would love some feedback. 224-404-1988. Hey, we'll stay with us again next Saturday, noon to 1 o'clock here on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Faith Marketplace will be right back on the radio. Check us out next Saturday. Thanks for joining us for Faith Marketplace Radio, here to inspire, equip, and encourage Chicagoland's Christian business community. Faith Marketplace is on every Saturday at noon, right here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Listen to past shows anytime online at faithmarketplace.com.